This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was David Lynch, and our guest was Jake Vogelnest. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And this is episode number 75. 75. Oh, geez. What do we got here, Bill? The well, first... I should mention, sorry yes. to interrupt you, but we had Nick Mundy on the show last week. Nick was a great guest. And we promised the guests of No Joke that uh, for 75, we'd have a very tall, big celebrity. Yes. We promised them Chris Stapp's Porzingis. We promised a seven, at least a seven foot three or seven foot four guest yes. for this episode. It's and a... I think that we've delivered. Yeah, well, yeah. it's not Chris Stapp's. No, it isn't Porzingis himself. Right. Uh, but we do have a Another dear, dear friend who hovers a right year around seven three, seven four. Who is a dear friend who has worked on such television programs as Difficult People and Billy on the Street and the Wet Hot American Summer Television Show uh, and Girl Boss, which is on Netflix now, and the show that we worked on together, Corporate for Comedy Central. That's five for five. Five for five. And that's not me just pandering because he's in the room. Those are five for five. Really good. Make you laugh out loud while watching television. Oh, television. Okay. Shows. So, so this. Cheers to you. With us here is Jake Vogelmas. Hi. Hi. Hi, Jake. I have great credits. <laughs> you have on me. Is I it nice to hear ma- your life read back to you like that? It's really weird. <laughs> yeah. What do people in Los Angeles? Would you say that uh, at least in the entertainment community? Do you think they'd rather have a good family or good credits? <laughs> what's more well, valuable? Let's put well, ourselves at forty-five. Let's val- say that this is person X, yeah, forty-five who, years old. Who are you talking to? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 we don't know each other very well. Yeah, not that well. <laughs> but I've made it very clear. I have a very small family. Yes, it's just my mom and my dad. Yes, and I've made it clear to both of them from a very early age, Go since on. I was about six years old. That if they ever impeded me in any way in show business, I would not hesitate to push either of them in front of a train. So <laughs> both, both at once, if the situation presented itself. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I absolutely. Um, you saw them as a an, a threat or a, a roadblock? Well, because you clearly didn't say. It. Put it this way: there was there was one time. I'll just I'll just get into it. And I got into this. I did, I don't know if I got into this with my uh, uh, with Marin on my WTF, which I live in fear of coming out every week. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but there was a point when I was 15 years old and I, I was doing a public access show and it was becoming an MTV show that my father's like, I'll be your, your lawyer. I'll be your agent. I'm Uh-oh. like, um, you know what? Actually, I'm going to have Ari Emanuel handle it because he's a professional. Dad. And then we didn't speak for nine months. <laughs> so you held him to your promise. Yeah. yeah. He tried to get in your way and you pushed him in front of Ari well, Emanuel. He was just like, well, who would be better to bring? And, 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 and still to this day, like. Did he try I, and say sweat equity? I've been around for 15 years I put in the work I, I don't be able think to he knows 10%. what those words mean <laughs> there, there. and that's ex- exactly why I was like like who are you gonna hire <laughs> you know who, yeah. some mediocre criminal defense attorney <laughs> yeah <laughs> I got a manual yeah exactly Ari so this was you at six at a six. Well, no, that was me at fifteen. Yes, Eliza. Yes. Me at six. Yes, was, a wizened fifteen-year-old Jake. Yeah, that was fifteen-year-old Jake. Yes. So thirty-eight-year-old Jake. I, I don't have. I don't have to say those things to right. my parents anymore. It's understood. It's credits. <laughs> it's, it's, it's understood. And I have a great relationship with my parents. I yes. love my mom and dad and yes. stuff. But well, you yeah. laid it all out early. 
I did lay it out and, very and like, These are my priorities. Yeah. Most families, it takes uh, too long, and then the pod eventually bubbles over because everyone's suppressed uh, what they want and no, who they, they truly lost, are. They you, lost control of me as a as a uh, parent. Yeah, parenting was not was a concept that went out the window very very early. How not to be too married about it, but how? Why were you so precocious? <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> How are you such I, a ballsy six-year-old? I don't How? have an answer to that question. You were um, born where? Raised where? I was born in Philadelphia. Yeah. My father lived in New York City. Okay. Um, my parents have been divorced since before I was born. It was the mm-hmm. best decision they ever made. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I've never known them together. My right. father lived in New York. He moved to New York when I was about five or six years mm-hmm. old. So I would go to New York every weekend. And then my mom had a job in New York. Mm. So when I was around 12 or 13, she was like, I can't do this this fucking mm. commute every day. Mm-hmm. And, too much I-95. Yeah, seriously. Oh, she was Amtracking it. Oh. Way monthly pass. It was, That's it, expensive. Yeah, it was expensive. Yep. And and she's like, "I'm we're moving to New York. And I was just like, but all my friends are here. My life will be over. I will only move to New York if you let me get a public access show. And you're like, fine, whatever. Wait, wait a minute. Did wait. you really say that? And yeah, was she the, key, was she the key master who had all these public access slots available? No. She was well, like, what I know Chris happened, Gethard. I can make this happen. What had yeah. happened was um, – my father – we had better cable in New York than we did in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. My first cable in, in in Philadelphia was we had a box and it was regular TV <laughs> yeah. and then you would hit a switch and it would be HBO. OK. And The HBO switch. The HBO yeah. switch. <laughs> it's not TV. But, yeah, it's HBO. But uh, in New York, there was Manhattan Cable Television. Yep, right. Where we had – Oh, about thirty-five channels. Yes, and um, and and uh, three of them. Two of them were devoted to public access, and Good. one of them was devoted to least access. And what does um, least access mean? The difference between public access and least access is you could sell advertising. Oh, so least access was immediately bought up by all of the um, porno companies. Naturally, there were no Naturally. restrictions. Robin Bird, Al Goldstein, etc. And um, <laughs> and so. Public, but but I had a very early exposure, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into all this. But I had a very early exposure to public access television when I was about seven or eight years old. Huh. And I said, "Oh, well, I can have a TV show. Can I do that?" And I and I it kept in my brain. And then I said, "Well, if I ever live in New York, I will do this." Right. And, and they'll give anybody a public access show <laughs> as long as you fill out the appropriate paperwork and drop off a tape. Yes. But you, you think that? Well, I guess that's a different time because now it's like uh, YouTube has well, a lot yeah, of public access. Is, that's right. So yeah. I'm surprised that there weren't lines out the door for other just like anybody no, who wants I, a show yeah no i mean there 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 weren't lines out the yeah. door because it takes a special type of lunatic right <laughs> it's true a driven precocious and, child see it and, through and yeah. when they started public access television it was really like you know for the benefit of the community like we'll let you run all this cable underneath <laughs> the city of new york but right. you have to give a couple of channels yeah. tell to, them about local elections yeah to yeah, talk yeah. about local elections yeah, yeah. they had no idea yeah. that it was going to be you know, Glenn O'Brien's TV party or Squirt TV. Right, which is your or, show. Which is my show right. or the Chris Gethard show. Right, right, right. Like people really used it as um, uh, an art form and it was small. Yeah. You know, it was small. And I mean, yeah, it absolutely does predate YouTube. Why anybody would do a public access show now. Right. Um, I Pitch have factor. no idea. Well, well, Gethard did it, yes. and I was, and and I, I remember talking to Gethard about yep. starting a public access show, and I understood why he did it because yep. it was the way he could do a TV show, yes. completely unfiltered. And now that it's moving to True TV, and it's going to be live, and it's going to be an hour, yes, it's going. It's to, an hour. It's going to yeah, be an hour. it's wow. a live hour cool. long call in show, Great. 
and he you had to build it. It was it was yeah, like why right. wouldn't you take a, advantage of this equipment? Totally. Why wouldn't you take advantage of these airwaves? Of course. Um now I think um less people do it because yep. of YouTube, because of the way the media landscape has changed. Yes. And like if I was a 15-year-old now, yes. I probably wouldn't have done a public access. You'll just make show. YouTube videos. Of course. Because you can because we consume differently. Yeah. Yes. And t- and televisions uh-huh. had reverence for a while, you know, but the 15-year-olds they they don't grow up with televisions being this ultra important thing they watch media on yeah. their phones and, and if, on you mobile-y. Have, if you have a 15 year old and you and you want me to um yell at them yes uh, for that um i'm happy jake's to, available to do that yeah and he's I'm, happy to do that i'm happy to do it <laughs> you need right side in front of a bus set your teenager straight <laughs> yes <laughs> um so we had nick Mundy on last week as we mentioned we were talking about fandom with nick because he is a big sort of he is a passionate fan and he has many fans himself um today and with you jake what uh, was he now let's what was yes. he a fan of so he's a let's big a, pro wrestling fan and uh-huh. he loves The Rock specifically. He's a big Houston Astros, a baseball fan. Gotcha. So he's and he's also like a movie reviewer in the YouTube space. So he gets a lot of like weird internet fan bros. Well, get ready him. for a very different show. Kind of a different show. <laughs> You're not a huge baseball fan, are you, Jake? Um, uh, <laughs> are you though? I asked. No, honestly. no. I mean, yeah. I you know, Daryl Strawberry is interesting because exactly. he's on all that coke and. <laughs> Um, well, if you like him, about 30% of the league back then was on coke. Yeah. So, yeah, baseball's actually I remember Mike Schmidt crying yep. Did he when cry? he retired. <laughs> That's sweet of him. Uh, That's like seeing your dad cry. He was, was like an alpha. You know, um, and that is about the extent I know. Of your baseball, uh, Here's yeah. my only baseball connection. Yep. I went to, Yank- I went to a Yankees game yep. once, and I felt like a real jerk <laughs> because I went – um, and I, I went with Horatio Sands. Cool. This was years ago. And we had Lorne seats, which were behind home plate. Fancy. And I could not have been – I felt so guilty. Because you were, couldn't be less interested and you have the primo I, seats. I had <laughs> behind home plate. You're on TV the whole game. That and, means you're on TV the whole game. And <laughs> like I'm just thinking about people that like love baseball. They're yes. passionate yes. about it. They're yes. sitting in the you know the things that would kill to one yes. day sit by. And here's you're some – actively not appreciating Asshole. No, I, I did appreciate <laughs> yeah, 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 it. Yeah, 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 I really, I was, I was, I really appreciated yeah. it, but I was also like, it didn't seem fair. You just <laughs> yeah. gotta fake it. I would say that your job in that, for those nine innings, is to fake it. That's to what not I did. Be, yeah. And to not be looking at your phone and to not be like, uh, really presenting yourself as I'm not paying attention. Oh I God, no! Yeah. Exactly. No, I was completely your self awareness. Yeah, yeah, of course, that's, that's all it is. You're a polite person with a sense of shame. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of yeah absolutely. You're a normal but I, mensch. Did, I, I did feel like. No, somebody else should be in the yeah. seat. Like, <laughs> yeah. A real fan. A real yeah, fan, like a, a Yankee fan, perhaps. But at the same time, I wasn't giving it up. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, Jake, you uh, and we are fans. Uh, you and I share something very special, which is that we are huge fans of David Lynch. Absolutely. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We yeah. are d- at the sort of the dawn of the renewal of Twin Peaks. Yes. So this is like quite topical and been on both of our minds, obviously, for weeks. It's a good time to be a David Lynch fan. It is a great time to be a David Lynch fan. I am not a fan like so anyway relating to Nick we're talking about fandom Billy and I aren't really that way we're not like wholehearted full-throated fans really and like sort of sycophants in that way except for me and David Lynch he is the one thing that for whatever reason I have this burning weird fanboy relationship with um, John Waters says life is nothing without obsession mm. and um, I, I think that there's a difference between being a fanboy mm-hmm. and being um, and going all in on mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. I was talking with um, Tom Sharpling about this mm-hmm. on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, internet culture allows you to sort of become an instant um, 
what you might think is an expert. Right. But um, for people, uh, I think, of our generation, mm -hmm. um, it was a little harder. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, David Lynch was um, it was somebody where it was just like it's a, like if you're gonna if you're gonna go in on something, if I if I go in on something yes. and I'm really into it, yes. I go full in, I go deep deep dive. I know that about you, and um, or I don't go at all, right? You know, and, and I believe people call that go big or go home. I believe that's yeah, what that is yeah. colloquially referred to. Okay. I, yeah, I go, <laughs> go big, big or go home. I go home. Yeah, I go big or go home about the smallest things. <laughs> yeah, exactly that that very few people. <laughs> Care about. <laughs> exactly, Nico's solo catalog. Sure, yeah, yeah, for, yes. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's funny. Sharpling was saying like he had spent the last month listening to every Lou Reed album there in order. Exactly. Like, and and that is like it feels good to go all in. On yes, that you care about. Yes, and it things does. Are weird and speak to you personally. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, I don't know any other way to live. Yeah. So yes, it's just that's that's. I mean, getting back to the question of why was I that way right. when I was six? I don't know. I yeah. that was how I was when I was six. Yes, yes. It was like, you know, I would see something. It could be a poster. Yep. It could be uh, an image, and I would go, "What's that?" Yes, I want to know about that. I want to know I all know about all it. about that. You're a bit of a completist in that, that way. That speaks to me. Yeah, yep. I am. Yep. So David Lynch. Um, is 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 uh you know one of those those Same. things so that's what we're going to be talking about on the episode today yes. we are going to take a quick act break. okay great uh we're going to swing it over to an ad we'll come back and we'll begin our conversation about david lynch okay perfect we have jake Vogelness in the studio this is no joke Thanks to Blue Apron for supporting the No Joke Podcast. Thanks, Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Its mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, and it mm -hmm. achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system. It sets the highest standards for ingredients and builds a community of home chefs. It certainly does. It's really eco-conscious. They never send you more food than you will need. The packaging is really considered. Um, my girlfriend Maggie and I use Blue Apron all the time, and it does feel you feel accomplished and rewarded when you make Make a meal for yourself. And it saves a lot of money. It does. Um, upcoming meals that Blue Apron is featuring that they can send to your home for less than $20 a day include beef teriyaki stir-fry with sugar snap peas and lime rice. Yum. Baked spinach and egg flatbread with sautéed asparagus and lemon aioli. Thank you. That's a big crossword word. Three chips. Why, all the vowels? All the vowels. Three cheese and baby broccoli stromboli with tomato and oregano dipping sauce. Good. Sauce, a less popular crossword word. That's fair. Crispy salmon and roasted potato salad with pickled mustard seeds and creme fraiche sauce. So, if your mouth is watering, mm -mm -mm. check out Blue Apron. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash no joke. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Welcome back to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. Today we're sitting with Jake Fogelnest, esteemed cultural critic and <laughs> master of chutzpah. Important cultural yeah, taste important maker. cultural critic. Uh, and we're talking about David Lynch because we're huge fans. Um, you were talking about internet culture, that making people feel like everyone's sort of an expert and, frankly, a cultural critic. What was the f the very your first interaction with David Lynch and his work? Um, it was Twin Peaks. Was it? Yeah. Um, I... Um, and it's so interesting now um, being someone who watched Twin Peaks as it aired. Did you? Um, yes. On, on ABC, I, I was probably 10 or 11 years old. Amazing. And um, we – my mother – I distinctly remember my mother and I watching the pilot for Twin Peaks. Yes. And, um, you know, there was nothing – 
like it. Even remotely. I watched it for the first time last night. The, yes. yes. So, so I. So what was the sort of the TV landscape at the time? Because to the best of my kind of awareness, the tropes that Twin Peaks is sort of playing with are these sort of like soap opera, nighttime, primetime soap Yeah, I guess you would call it David Lynch's attempt at doing a nighttime soap. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like Dynasty yeah. through the eyes of David Lynch. That's right. Um, and, you know, look, it was, you know, they moved it to th- the, the, I remember the premiere two hour yep. movie yep. was on a Sunday and yep. then it aired Thursday nights against cheers. Oh, really? <laughs> so Tough that was or d- wildly different oranges. Yeah. yeah that that was, was the, that sure. was the media landscape. Yeah. Thing. I think Fox was barely a network at that yeah. point. It was a new network. Yeah. They certainly had The Simpsons. Yep. Twin, Peaks ha- Twin Peaks was on Fox? No, Twin Peaks was on ABC. Was on ABC. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who am I dealing with here? <laughs> I'm kind of a – yeah. <laughs> I wear sweatpants. We're just dumb. Yeah, just you do. Guys. Guys. I got a blazer on. <laughs> I know. I know. Guys like us don't usually end up in the same room. But we I think don't. We're we're faking it. <laughs> I think we're faking it pretty well, my man. It's going really well so far, I think. Sweatpants and blazers um, yeah. don't usually cross. Twi- uh, Twin Peaks was on uh, – yes, Twin Peaks was on ABC. It's on ABC, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Which I look Air- back on now and I go, wow. That's what Billy and I were saying before. That. I was like, it's wild to think in retrospect that David Lynch was handed the keys to a network show of any kind, of any network. Someone as crazy as David Lynch got his own television series, Primetime ABC. It seems anomalous yes. and it would never happen today or something. Well, it it it, do, it does happen today. Yeah. Well, clearly. now it certainly does. Right. You know, and, 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 um, but but I experienced the phenomenon as it happened. Yeah. And um, – you know what did the phenomenon look like well you know it was a you know and as we talk about the sort of the new twin peaks Mm -hmm. i i have um i've set some rules for myself (laughs) i uh, interactivity rules yeah Yeah. i don't want to discuss twin peaks on social media Mm -hmm. okay i don't want to um read think pieces Mm -hmm. about twin peaks how do you avoid it you just – I'm just – don't click. Just don't click. Just don't click I, I don't guess. want – Just don't click. It's, it's the opposite of the seatbelt campaign. <laughs> yeah. Don't click. Don't click. Yeah. I don't want to read um, fan analysis. Yeah. I don't want to read reviews. Yes. Because the way that I experienced Twin Peaks – The original? What, yeah, the original. The cultural phenomenon of it was is that you would watch it and then you would talk to your friends face-to-face <laughs> yeah. yes. or you would talk on the phone. Yeah. Did you just for see that? hours. Yes. Yeah. Trying to figure it out and oh my god. I mean it was, you know, a water – they call it a water cooler event show and it it really was. It was around the water cooler. Yes, and that was almost the second half of enjoying the program was the social aspect to it. Which is why why I'm sort of checking out. And I love social media and I'm a social media person and and stuff. But but I am – you know, I had um, dinner with a a, a friend last night. Mm Um, and it the 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 topic was to discuss Twin Peaks, <laughs> um, and face to face, face to face, and 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 that's how I want to yeah. do it yeah. this this time around yeah. because I don't. We live in such a world of internet chatter and noise, and I'm yeah. fine if people want to write their thing, you know, their think pieces in the reviews. That's the part. That's the world we live in that's today. Right. You just won't click it. I'm just, just not click it, clicking it because. I did get to experience this show in such a way um, and, you know, the the mystery of who killed Laura Palmer and seeing it week to week and having a week to sit with it um, 
was part of the experience. Yes. And and will be part of the experience again. Um Amen. Um you know, they they have um I've seen the first four. Yes. I I watched the the, the premiere um uh, two-part episode yes. with with friends at, yes. at a I house. Yes, I saw you dressed as Detective. Well, Gordon yes, Cole. it was a mandatory costume party, which Good. normally I would not participate in because, <laughs> excuse me. Do you wear but, costumes on Halloween? No. Me. When do you remember the last costume you wore? What Halloween it was? I I'm sh- I have a Devo jumpsuit for <laughs> special occasions, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be Halloween. <laughs> you could probably hear it in his voice, but he was furious even having to recollect. Yeah. Got um, it. Moving on. But um. But but it was my friend uh, Jordy who is a um, uh, 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 wardrobe stylist, costume designer, Perfect. and she's wonderful. Perfect. And she had very strict rules. What were the it, rules? No two people could dress as the same That's fun. costume. Fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there was coffee and cherry pie Naturally. and donuts, Naturally. and I and I, I had a sense that. Everyone was going to be very, very quiet yep. while watching it because oh, sure. Jordy takes Twin Peaks as seriously as I do. Yes. So, um, and Twin Peaks is quiet. Uh, yeah, and Twin Peaks, <laughs> Twin is, Peaks quiet. is a very quiet, quiet experience. Except yes. when it's very loud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I was going up and down with the volume at certain points. Now, did you watch the first episode of the first series of yeah. Twin Peaks? Yeah. Okay, that, uh, yeah, because yeah. I was going to say, if you watch like the for Showtime one, I'm like, that's got to be weird. that. See that mis that misunderstanding justifies your original scorn. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. The right. scorn is just there. Scorn was there. It's not specifically. By the way, it's not specifically directed at you. It's I just said. society. That's no, just truth yeah. be told, truth be told, I've watched the Twin Peaks. Adam, so Adam and I have been uh, working together and friends for about Ever. twelve years now, thirteen yes. years now, like very close and intimate friends, and so we share a lot of our interests, obviously. Right. And coming out the gates, he was like Twin Peaks man. Like this is thirteen years. Goes like you need to watch this series. Then the DVD revolution came, yes. and everyone was buying DVDs, yes. and everyone was buying the Twin Peaks DVD. Yes. And he was like, "You need to watch this." And I watched the pilot ten years ago. Started dating that. my girlfriend yeah. a few years later, and she's like, "Billy, Twin Peaks." Like I don't know, like you like all the other shows. Like Twin Peaks is kind of the kernel. Yes. Watch. I out. actually feel bad yeah. for you because it is that thing of like you have to I watch know. Game of Thrones. I know. It's like yep. And know, so and I, so again yesterday I was like, "All right, the new one's coming out. I'm just gonna watch the pilot again." Yeah. And I loved it every time I've watched it. Yeah. But. Yes. Here's my suggestion. Please. Um, Open arms. uh, Watch the first season. Yep. Watch the second season up to episode nine. This Mm -hmm. is what? Yep. Yes. Skip to the last episode. This is what I've heard. Watch Firewalk with me. Okay. And you're good. I totally totally echo that as a fellow Twin Peaks. Yeah. That's probably worth mentioning, though. So without giving too much away, if someone hasn't listened to Twin Peaks uh, or hasn't seen Twin Peaks, not to spoil everything. But in the second half of the second season or halfway through the second season, the mystery is revealed? Yes. The killer is revealed sort of halfway through the second season. And and the second half of the second season kind of flails about in a series of sort of bizarre, whimsical storylines. And it's got some great stuff in it. Truly. But the the truth of the matter is – and it's like the second thing that that I became aware of um, after Twin Peaks was what happened was the the – you know, this thing was a phenomenon, yes. but it was still at a network, and the yes. network put pressure on them to solve the mystery. Yep. Which Mark Frost and David Lynch, I think, never really did intended not want to, to do. Absolutely. Solve. That was the tension of the whole show. That was right. the essential nature of and it. And in a weird way, now it's a gift. I know. That they had to solve it, but. Um, Why? Um, um, watch Firewalk with me, mm-hmm. and um, and see these new episodes, and you'll you'll see you'll mm-hmm. see why. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, I, I, because it's 
it's now 25 it's a, it's a it's a gift that's taken 25 yeah, 26 to years itself, right. to unwrap itself yeah. but i can tell that it's a gift and and now it's at showtime but what happened was then david said well i'm going to go make wild at heart mm-hmm. and i distinctly remember seeing wild at heart mm. in the theater uh um opening weekend cool what's wild at heart about Oh, God. Briefly, Jesus Briefly. Christ. Sorry. Oh, wow. Uh, Even a logline. Uh, you can't really ask. Two lovers on a road trip. Oh, yeah. We're talking about it's David like, Lynch. It's That's David fair. Lynch. You can't right. really ask, right. like, what's a David Lynch movie Two about? people have a scary time. <laughs> Here's what I'll tell you about Wild at Heart. It, you know, because a lot of it's – a, it's a good entryway into a David Lynch movie if it's yeah. going to be your first David Lynch movie because – you know, and without spoiling anything, you're 30 seconds into the movie before someone is violently beaten to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. Um, you're launched right into. You're his. launched yeah. right in. Yeah. It is. Um, um, and I and it is one of my favorite movies. Yes. And and I uh, of David Lynch's. Yes. And, and I've watched and I watched it again a couple months ago. Yes. And it's it's really. But I saw it in the theater. Yeah. And then it was like at that point between Twin Peaks. Yeah. And Wild at Heart, then, um, you know, and I really do, you know, recommend you wait until you're thir- – yeah, this is coming from somebody who saw every John Waters movie when he was seven. Yeah, you were really dunked into the deep end of sort of weird countercultural art films yes, pretty early on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. By choice, you found them? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, it was um, not something that like my – I didn't have, you know, I had cool parents, but I didn't have those parents that were like, right. it came from me going, what's that? Yeah. At yeah. the video store. And curiosity. Them just not caring about um, what things were rated. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so, you know, you know, Makes sense. Ju- uh, you know, I remember finding a Odorama card uh, at my dad's house for polyester and being like, what's this? Oh, I saw a movie. It's a scratch and sniff movie. Well, I want to see it. And then renting polyester uh, on video and. <laughs> Uh, and then that, you know, it's like, well, if you like polyester, you should see Pink Flamingos. Yeah, and very then, little censorship. Sort you of, know, they trusted your maturity. You were a ballsy six-year-old. They trusted that you could handle rated R movies as a youth. Yeah, <laughs> but there's rated R movies and then there's Pink there's, Flamingos. Yeah. Um, so, but I will say Blue Velvet yep. I saw probably when I was about 13 or 14. Wow, Jesus. And um, That's another psychosexual violent movie to see as yeah, a teen. You, as yeah. a teen. And I do, you know, now looking back at sort of what I was watching, I do think that it is all responsible for um, any sort of sexual or intimacy problems that <laughs> yeah. I have today, mm. yeah. which I'm pretty grateful for. Pros and, yeah, I was going to say pros and cons. Yeah, pros and cons. Pros and I'm cons. pretty pros grateful and cons. for yeah. I'm a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the um, line. That's the line that we end the second act with. Just leave the listeners with the thesis statement of the episode. I'm a lot of fun. He said it with a growl. Uh, uh, oh, second Jake. act break. Uh, we need a song. We need a song. Yes, we need uh, a song. Jake, I really kind of defer to you. A song, maybe from some something in the David Lynch oeuvre. Um, I know that Angelo Badalamente obviously is his longtime musical collaborator. <laughs> Julie Cruz is in the yeah. David Lynch milieu as well. I don't know if you have one that particularly. Jumps yeah, to one mind. that's sticking out to me right now is from uh, the soundtrack to Fire Walk with okay. Me, and um, it's the it's the Red Room. Okay. Uh, the the Red Room s- sequence. Yes. Uh, s- you know, speaking of, I'm a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> is simultaneously one of the sexiest. And harrowing scenes. Yes, yes. Um, ever captured on film, and just that instrumental uh, by Angelo is um, uh, 
it's it's everything. It's everything. That you want. It is everything. It's, it's the it's the sleaziest piece of music you've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. And, Let's get sleazy. And, I love that your yeah. voice is just sleazed up. All as right, well. it's yeah. time to get sleazy. <laughs> Angelo Bartolomente. Well, he's got I Jake Fogelness. He's a lot radio. of fun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. That was a track from Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me, the 1992 prequel sequel? How would you prequel. define it? Prequel. prequel. I mean, it's a full prequel. Man, when it came out, 
Because I saw that opening night in the theater. Jeez, Jake. And um, really? Is that – I'm a big Twin Peaks fan. Though. I know. I know. I just, I'm just impressed. Um, and he also says G's a lot. I just say G's. It's um, a take of mine. It's a I did make G's, the mistake Jake. of taking a friend who had never seen an episode of Twin Peaks. He was furious at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I – when it came out, I um, I don't know if you, if you remember, but um, uh, a lot of Twin Peaks fans were not happy. Because they thought that they were going to get a continuation of the television series. In Some, tone, it's much different. Well, yeah. And um, I knew going in, no, I'm getting a prequel. Yeah. I'm getting, you know, the last seven days of Laura yeah, Palmer's life. Laura and and I think it's really an, an important um, part of the story. Yeah. And it humanizes Absolutely. Laura Palmer. And um, – just again in, in and I don't think this spoils anything, but in the in the new Twin Peaks, um, I felt like the first two were a continuation of Firewalk with mm-hmm, Me, mm-hmm. and episodes three and four mm. bring us into sort of the I'm with that the Twin Peaks. You mean the new Showtime series. series? Yeah, the new Showtime yeah, Showtime series right is like the first two is like. You know, sort of, uh, we're coming out of Firewalk in the with drift May, of that feature, yeah. in the drift yeah. of that feature, yeah. and into um, the new story. The, the yes, you know, as we start to see the see the the world yes. of Twin Peaks and the characters and stuff. Talking about how you don't want to talk about it online or engage about it on social media, and with David Lynch, to me, it is important and actually critical to the consumption of his art to let it percolate, yes. pun intended, and kind of sit with it and not. Immediately jump to fan theories and overanalyze and what's the I just meaning of that wanna, imagery, I, I don't want to see live tweeting about it. Yeah. I, I want people to put their devices away yeah. and go into a David Lynch world. Yeah. You, the device is still there. Yes. You know what I mean? Like after you've you've watched it. But we how often do we watch these shows now and we, we're, we're on yeah. you know, social media or we're on our computers and stuff. And I yes. just think that like can we, can we stop but that? But what is it about his storytelling well, in particular? Because I mean there's other like – ominous shows on mm-hmm. television that no one seems to have the same kind of relationship that you guys do where it's like not this one here's my knee-jerk response is because in the in, with the internet think piece vulture.com culture of like what a cool mystery probably like starting from lost like the lost, yeah. post lost environment of like this is a cool mystery Let's i don't try care if you figure it out before we it, they tell us what i it don't is. care if you live tweet lost right you know what i mean yeah, like, so and watch- i love and by the way i love lost right same. because because and this is again david lynch i'm biased towards david lynch but to me he is not playing with logic he yes. operates his movies and his art, there's a dream logic. It's not about how linear it is. It's not even about how taut the mystery is, frankly. It's, it's, also it's more so, about the tone. Than it's the, so visual. Yeah, exactly. How could you dare take your eyes off the screen? Like, uh, Yeah, there's that too. Like there's also that. It's it, you, you. If you're not glued – because you're going to miss things. Yes. You're going to miss things. You know, he, The weighty one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, all the way up to 11 Mississippi of yes. pause that exists between the lines. That feel is, That is the feeling experience. of it. That yeah, is that's the point of it. That's the experience of it. Yeah. <laughs> And and I think if you're you know not fully committing to that, yeah, then um, you're missing part of the experience right. of what David agree. Lynch is building. I think so. He's really considered. It's just I mean, and again, this is like so pretentious to say, but I think just because we have such reverence for him as an artist, and he comes from this fine arts painting background and sort of like experimental, weird, animated stop motion shorts into this, he really is so considered. And I just like to think that I'm I don't know that it's paying his his product a certain degree of respect not to try and pick it apart or instantly 
try to analyze it or put it in plot narrative context because it's just not the it's a little yeah, it also, it's not the point to Lynch. It doesn't all yeah, it seems like we the whole the whole experience is it's not just like figure out the mystery. Yeah. Like no. you're not watching the show just to figure out who killed Laura Palmer. Not really. It really is yeah. like a slightly more zoomed out and just like that's, experience experience. Yeah, that's thing. part of it. But it's yeah. also it's also you know about creating a mood and yeah. a feeling and mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. how do you react? I mean, even even like, you know, something like Blue Velvet yeah. where it's just like, God, how do I feel about this? Yes. Or Mulholland Drive yes. or, or Lost Highway. Like, you know, every, you know, thing that he's made, yes. you, you, you walk away – Hopefully, with more questions than answers, which Absolutely. I think is his intent, and, uh-huh. it, and it's just like also for someone who um, is so deeply committed to transcendental meditation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the the idea, and David Lynch is also not a, not an, an unhip person. He has social media. He's cool. He 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 uses the internet. Yeah. Uh, it's not an indictment on the internet, not at all. But it, uh, but I think what it is is it's more of like, can we like go internal? For, you know, for a, a minute here, can yes. we take a breath? Yes. And while I'm delighted that they've released the the first four episodes in the way that they did, yeah. and I think that there's a reason why they did, and I think that that was Lynch's intention. I love that we're going to have six days in between these. Tomorrow, so that is how they did it. Yeah. Because part of this, while I was hearing you guys talk this whole time, I was like, oh, but this whole binge culture like plays against everything you guys are talking about about yeah. having to marinate He's it. it He's no, dripping it out. He's dripping it out for us. They, That's they, they very will, reassuring. They it will, there, it was a two part. Um, uh, premiere, uh, premiere, which uh, uh, and then two additional episodes went up on uh, Showtime on on demand and mm-hmm. all the uh, streaming Showtime services, mm-hmm. and then that's it, and that's it, and then uh, we wait a week or two, and then yes, yeah, so wait a week or two, yeah. then we'll get a new episode, yes. and we will get a new episode yes. until September. Wow, uh, where, where, where there'll be a two part finale. Ah! And we have a whole summer in Twin Peaks. Yes, this rules. It's it's <laughs> it's really um it's really you know special and like you know it's interesting like you know difficult people is uh, mm-hmm. a completely different show and no. that is a, <laughs> yeah that is a show that is a um uh a, just a straightforward yes. sitcom we wrap it up in every episode so a little bit of a season arc and yes. everything but Hulu um you know they released two and then I've enjoyed with difficult people um it being released week to week. You like that? Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to something like, you know, um, and I'm excited for that for corporate. Yep. You know, not that I think you need to sit right. and, tra- and, and, and sit meditation <laughs> about corporate. Not although much. I think that yeah. it's, it's certainly, uh, <laughs> it's dark and twisted. Right, and right, right. I can't wait for people to see it. Yes. But with something like, um, wet hot American summer, yeah. that is a long movie. That's yeah. mentioned all at once. So yes. was Girl Boss. Yes. Girl Boss was, you know, um, you know, essentially three movies. Binge it. Please binge those. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different type of storytelling. Yes. And I think that both are valid. Yes. Um, but and 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 it's not just a pure nostalgia thing uh that that I want to experience Twin Peaks in, in this way. It's because um that's the way to um, David Lynch wants us to consume it, mm-hmm. and it's sort of the director's vision. I'm with you. It's kind of like a chef preparing a meal. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It is. It is quite like There's that. There's an order of how I think it's going to best be experienced. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, I have a question, and we've been speaking with a lot of reverence about him, and yeah. he deserves all of it. Yes. I don't mean to be the dumb guy in sweatpants in the room. Not at all. Um, 
one of my only points of reference I had with him outside of knowing that he was a distinguished director and writer yes. was that he one time, and I'm sorry to bring it down and be stupid for a second, he ate underpants on the internet. He Do ate... either one of you know the reference point that I'm talking about? David Lynch has done a lot of wonderful <laughs> things on the internet. <laughs> yeah. He okay. used to give the weather every day. That was yeah. beautiful. I also yeah. think weather so reports. Yeah. Yeah. D- here's the thing about David Lynch's... Um... <laughs> I don't know about the underpants thing. I want to know about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Google it. It's really weird. <laughs> as As dark and... and um, as much as he does things that are based in sexual violence, I don't yes. think anybody has a better sense of humor than David That's Lynch. That's what's weird yeah. and hilarious. Is he a normal interview? Like if yeah. you were to interview him, he'd just be like another guy in the room. He is a nice guy, yeah. I believe, from Ohio. I Well, I think he was born in Missoula, Montana. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Missoula, they kind of moved around. His dad and was then, like a, uh, worked for the FDA, I think, in agriculture, and they kind of moved around a bit. And then he's like, you know, he spent time in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia when he worked to art and, school, yeah. And, yeah, like he is a great yes. interview. Uh-huh. And, and from what, you know, I've never uh, had the privilege of meeting him, but from, from you know, um, I think he's an intense guy, but yeah. uh-huh. he, you can have a conversation sure. with him. Yes, sure. He's operating on a different sort of. <laughs> yeah, level then. But he's accessible. He's not Terrence Malick, who That's you right. just no. don't hear from for 15 no, no, years. No. Exactly. David exactly. Lynch is probably one of the most accessible auteurs right. that there is. And we were saying sort of before we started was that like in his sort of the peak of his career, and Jake, you can speak maybe more specifically to this, in like the 86 to 90, he's the best Blue Velvet, Wilder Heart, Twin Peaks, height of David Lynch celebrity star. He was directing Michael Jackson promos. And yeah. like he, he's always had, he's never been above commercial fare no. or like populist entertainment stuff. And even Twin Peaks being rooted as this totally twisted soap is like his, I think, acknowledgement of he, – he has a reverence for pop culture. And another yes. thing that we were saying is that he loves Americana. And even yes. though his sort of – he has this dual-sided view of Americana where he loves imagining uh, sort of like the juxtaposition of the sweet, wholesome veneer of American suburbia and then the awful sort of like you know sexual violence that exists underneath it. There is a real genuine affection that he has for American institutions and mythology. The FBI. He loves JFK. Yes. And he just has these sort of like pie and coffee. He has these. You couldn't have said that better. Yeah. That's exactly it. It's it, it is you know someone who who loves America so much, but also <laughs> understands the the dark side of it that's and right. and can show it. And then just like that's you you couldn't have put it better. Yeah. That's he's exactly an eagle it. scout. He like he yeah. holds up these American institutions and he reveres them. And he's wise enough to know that the art to like sort of gravitate towards the underbelly, the dark, seething, horrible, mysterious criminal underbelly of this perfect sort of that white exists. Having, yeah. having watched the Twin Peaks pilot, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for the first time um d- did you feel in any way that it was dated D- mm. no because no. It, mm. because i think Not it all. is that americana mm-hmm. that he captures so visually yes mm-hmm. that, that small town america kind of always looks the same yeah, it yeah, does it'll always right. exist and, in, yeah and 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 there's such beauty in that and, and it, that and that's the timelessness yes. of of his work and it could be considered a trope each character could be considered a trope but they all are nuanced enough that yes, it's like the exactly. high school jock is his own high school jock yes. yes and the fbi while it could be like just like a blue blood american yep nope he has more nuance and that's yes. why, i think that's why it's like you give us all the familiarity of americana and then he's just going to put his touch on each exactly. one he takes the tropes and he twists them that's right you know which is the, which sean waters does yes as well that's right exactly it's just like you know 
um, you know, John Waters lives in Baltimore. He loves Baltimore. Yes, he, right. You know what I mean? Right. He he loves pop culture. Yeah. And it, but it's all and and I, and I I feel the same way. It's all I was like I love tropes. I love these yes. things. Familiarity. How can we twist them? Yes. That's it. How can we twist them? Give it's me the all same about thing, the specific. The same yes. thing, but different. Yeah. Right? Isn't that isn't that the a trope? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that a cliche? Give me the it, same thing, but different. One of my favorite tropes of the David Lynch uh, universe is horrible, um, horrible, sadistic villain man, just like un- unquantifiably evil. Yeah. Just sadist. He yeah. loves like I think that he is not afraid to explore sadism in a way that I think other filmmakers aren't. And Blue Velvet, the Dennis Hopper character, Frank yeah. is like a sadist. In Wild at Heart, you have this Willem Dafoe character who is a horrible sadist. Um, in Twin Peaks, there exists these like just purely cruel characters that are just sort of like Be- because that you know I-, I think david lynch is like actually full of love and light i think so too and and <laughs> and, and but he but he's fascinated with the there's true evil in the world yes yes we we know there is yes and um and it's and it's and it's you never know where it is yeah and it's under the surface yes and um and that to me is what he explores yes. like no other filmmaker. Yes. And that's like the tone that is hard to capture in a vulture recap. It's like that's the sort of like that's the eerie tone e- the evil that's in the w- those weird long pauses and the sinister unsettled feeling that you get that's in those weird silences and awkward jokes that go on for way too long. That is the spirit of Lynch that can't really be captured in it, mystery hunting or trying to solve the thing. It's it can be this- captured in a conversation right. like this. Yeah. That's just why I would I would do this. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is like you know, but um, I I I do think it is that he's the type of filmmaker, the type of artist that it's just like, well, what do you think of that? Right? Is 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 <laughs> right? So an art critical. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like an art critic should be reviewing his shows yeah. and not yeah. like I'll, if yeah, art, exactly if Art Form Magazine yeah. um, does um, recaps of <laughs> Twin Peaks. You'll read them. I will yeah. read them, and that's when he'll click it. That's what yes. I'll click. That'll, You've been waiting. Click. You've been waiting three acts to find out <laughs> what Jake would <laughs> finally <laughs> click. And that would be that. And this magazine. is no disrespect yeah. to television criticism. Of course not. Which it, doesn't, I'm, I'm, it doesn't read like it. It doesn't no. sound like you it. Know, at it at all. It sounds very valid. I really um, – I think television criticism has never been better. Yeah. I, I think there are some great critics who have written some really wonderful things. Mm-hmm. I also think there are some bad ones. There's yeah. also good filmmakers and bad filmmakers. Absolutely. So it's not an indictment on, on, on television criticism. Sure. It's just my personal decision to um, experience this um, – Unfiltered, yeah. un, uh, un untainted, yes. and then and then maybe I'll go back once I've experienced the thing, as we did with like Twin Peaks when it originally came out. That's we right. would get the Secret Diary of Laura Palmer, yes, and, or 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 you know, um, but it was it was around the water cooler, yep. and the internet is our water cooler yes, now. Very much so. Not that I ever actually stood around a water cooler. <laughs> I don't think I've ever used a water cooler in maybe my at life. A dentist office. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah I mean, maybe. Like, yeah, like I, I, if I was – I'm not in the movie Working Girl, um, uh, which is a great movie. It great still movie. holds up. Totally great. But, um, <laughs> but, but, but it was – there was an intimacy to the discussion yeah. about it that um, that I think should be um, honored. They're, this is not to say anyone should stop writing these of things. Pieces. No, this I, is they, your – It's just how I'm going to consume. Yes. I'm with you. Um, well, I got to say, I really appreciated this episode. Yeah. I learned a lot and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Good. Jake, yeah. thanks for coming on to talk about D. Lynch, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, please. Our pleasure. Once again, for the No Joke Podcast, today's guest was Jake Fogelness. Thank you very much. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>